is Mercy Harper, writer for Research Services at APQC. This is Alyssa Tucker, APQC's Principal Research Lead for Human Capital Management. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to APQC Podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we're here with Dr. Patricia Anderson, professor at the Forbes School of Business and Technology, to talk about the anti-work movement. Welcome to the podcast, Dr. P. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So the anti-work movement might be on the fringe right now, but it seems like it's quickly moving into the mainstream. Um, For those who don't know, it started with a subreddit, r slash anti-work, that has absolutely exploded in terms of its popularity. That subreddit now has 1.7 million active users, and the ideas that get shared and celebrated there are branching out to other spaces, both online and in real life. In fact, um, and while I don't think we can draw a direct line between these things, I think it's important to note that the latest numbers from Gallup out this morning show that employee engagement in the U.S. has fallen for the first year in a decade. So it's definitely time for business leaders, especially HR leaders, to start paying attention. And that's why I'm so glad to have Dr. P on the podcast today to talk about what might be driving this movement and what we should do about it. So I'd like to start by pointing to some trends within the anti-work movement and seeing what you think they mean and what we should do about them. Okay. So the first is this this trend of epic quitting, um, where people quit in a blaze of glory so that they can share their stories and screenshots of how they really screwed over their companies and bosses. So, and you know, it's worth noting that we've all been told our whole lives to not do that, not to burn bridges. So what do you think is this trend, like, what do you think it's driving this trend and, and what does it, what does it mean for, for business leaders? Wow. That's, that's a lot to unpack. It's very complex what's happening. I'm going to harken back to um, Sir Richard Branson back in the nineties. One of the, uh, the stances he took was that focus on your internal customers and then they'll take care of your external customers So your internal customers are your employees. And uh, some companies heeded that, others did not. Uh, And what we're seeing right now is a stacking of crises and pandemics and stressors where people are saying enough is enough. We saw that with the, um, during the pandemic, uh, we saw that with the the, the Black Lives Matter movement where enough is enough. And the reason why we keep seeing these things crop up is because there's no real transformation that happens with these organizations. Mm-hmm. They might change. In, in my book, we talk about change is a pivot, and you can always go back to, to how you were. Transformation is incrementally getting better and better and moving forward. This has not happened in the workplace. Uh, the employees are not first. Um, it's about transactional leadership. Produce, get paid. Produce, get paid. You should be glad you have a job. Um, and the, the whole employee, which is why people are quitting, they're showing up to work. They're saying, I'm stressed out. I have some mental issues. I've got to take care of my family. Um, I need time off. I need flexibility in my schedule. They're not being heard. So now they're, they're uprising. It's the rise of the humans, as, as they call it, and the great resignation. And that's coupled also with a great purging of C-suite. So the leaders are also under stress as well. Mm. But I, I believe that um, 
the foundational person to person meeting someone where the human being is, that's what's missing in the workplace. These are people that live and breathe. They have issues. They make, they put on their best face and come to work. It's like a dual consciousness um, in terms of, okay, so this happened, but now let me put on my work face and come to work. And now that we're working from home more, we're bringing all those stressors into the workplace or the workspace. So there's a lot that's happening. But I, I believe that uh, the, um, the C-suite, the HR, CHRO, they need, need to take a step back and see who's showing up at work. Not, not what you do, but who you are. And then in, in my advocacy about authentic transformational leadership, these leaders are collaborative and innovative and they have corporate entrepreneurship where they're engaging you beyond your job title. So they're saying, hey, Mercy, what do you like to do? One of the things I ask my friends always is like, what would you do if you didn't have to work? It's totally different from what they're doing at work. And it's like, why am I not doing that? What is this, this, this movement? These younger people are looking at older individuals like the Gen Zs and what have you and saying, I see what you're doing. You know, you're giving your whole entire life to work and I see what it's netting out and I'm not interested. Mm. I, I want better for myself. So I think it starts in the C-suite of these organizations taking a step back from strategies and, and, you know, ROIs and bottom lines and look at your internal customers because this, this, this revolt is, is, is bigger than we think it's, and it's going to continue. We need to address it ASAP. Absolutely. So another trend within this movement is the celebration of what they're calling idlers. So these are people who stay in their jobs, but they're purposely doing the absolute minimum. So what do you think is driving this trend? And um, if you, if leaders see this cropping up uh, on their teams, what should they do about it? Yeah, they got to be, a lot of leaders are tone deaf. They, 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 um, they might be in a meeting and then you have people that are speaking up and then there are people that are not speaking up. So as a leader, you got you to say to yourself, what, I wonder what they're thinking. What are they not saying that, that I need to hear? And I think people are, are saying that, you know, I, I need a job, so I need to show up, but I'm going to do the very least. I'm going to protect my mental health and, and I'm, I'm going to de-stress myself and I'll show up, but don't expect me to be all that you want me to be because it's not going to happen. And, and it is a buyer's market in terms of employment. So we, we are able to do that, but that's not the end goal. It should, it should be more than that, not doing the least, because that's not who we are as humans. We, we do a lot, but it has to be in a very directed, intentional, and a way that's meaningful to us as individuals, as employees. No, that makes a lot of sense. So, I mean, as you, as you mentioned earlier, the folks have been through a lot of change. And, you know, while, you know, any one of those changes in particular may not be the, you know, the one thing to pin the movement on. You know, I don't think it's just the pandemic that's making mm -hmm. people feel this way. No. But all that change is definitely a factor. So I know that you have some expertise on this. Um, could you give us some, some quick tips um, for managing organizational change better? Yeah. Um, it's interesting because in, in my book, I talk about how change is not transformation. And change usually doesn't stick. 
Because if you think about a New Year's resolution, right, what do we do? We're going to go to the gym. We're going to work out. We're going to do this and that. And we revert a couple months later if, if it takes that long. Transform transformation starts with your mind. It's not about what you do. Your mind has to arrive first. So there has to be a mindset and a belief that transforms in these organizations. So in order for change to work, there has to be transformational leadership, authentic transformational leadership. You have to have a leader that is engaged, collaborative, who has a 360 degree evaluation, not afraid to be evaluated by employees, mm. um, has an accountability that goes, um, is, 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 um, is between the, the, the followers, employees, and the leaders, that they're held accountable and they don't mind being held accountable. They've got to rethink the workplace, uh, which is now a workspace. How can I invoke my employees to work better, more creatively, collaborate better? What can I do to design that workspace that's inclusive of every person so that they feel respected, heard, supported in that workspace? So that's what will make the change stick is that um, there's a saying that I didn't invent. If when, when people know you care, then they begin to care or, or they don't care what you know. Um, they need to know that you care. I, I did four different idioms together, but um, you get the you get the gist. Is that people need to feel that you care about them, and I've said this before, but I have to say it again: that you care about the person that shows up, not the not the person that is going to um, perform and, and you know make ten widgets, if you will, and and um, you know sell X amount of products and what have you. That person is an individual that shows up to work. Take care of that person. That whole DEIA space, it was DEI, but now it's, there's an A for accessibility to ensure that everyone has access to all of the resources they need to perform. Um, we all know about the Ma um, Maslow hierarchy of needs. There's a, there's a positive correlation between engagement and meeting those needs. So if those needs aren't being met, the engagement is not going to be there on the job. So that self-actualization is part of what every human being ascribes towards. So how can I, as an employer, ensure this person is self-actualized? How can I do that? And, and what you're doing when you're not allowing that is you're leaving money on the table because you're, you're excluding the mindsets and the experience and the, collab the collaboration, innovation that all these different types of people bring outside of what, how they show up to work. Think, what are they thinking about besides that? You'd be surprised at what comes to the table when you allow someone to open up and just be. And it's not just business as usual. It's business to survive because businesses are really getting a hit because people are not thinking about work like they used to. They're thinking like, oh, I just want to be happy. I don't care about <laughs> material things or whatever. I just need to be happy. And, and um, that's what's driving a lot of people. And it's very infectious because other people are seeing it and saying, you know what? You're right. I just want to be happy and content. Can you do that in the workspace? Workspace? Yes, you can. But you've got to redesign mm -hmm. what that workspace looks like. And that's what employers are tasked to do right now. I've got a, a quick follow up for you, Dr. P, on that, because I couldn't help but think. Um, and I, I don't sit in the C-suite myself, of course. But for those who do you know, and are thinking, okay, I'd like to transform, but I feel, I feel like I don't have time. I feel like, when am I going to get around to that? Because I've got all of these other things that are on fire. 
So maybe I can make a plan to transform, you know, a three-year plan to transform that will never actually roll out. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you, what would you say to those folks that are kind of finding themselves in that position? Like, sounds like a good idea, but I'm, I'm not sure if I'm ready or I'm a little scared. That's a great uh, point. One of the things that I live by, that the one quote I live by is that people do what they want to do. So for example, if I'm quitting my job, all of a sudden my job, my, my employer finds money. You know, I've asked for a raise for, you know, three years straight. Now I'm quitting. Oh yeah. Well, what are they offering? I'll counter it. So where did this come from all of a sudden? So the urgency is not there. So people do what they want to do. The, what I do with transformational leadership is that I don't sell it. You've got to say, you know what? I'm ready to do this. Show me how to do it. And that's what I will do. So the leader has to say, I want to transform. That is my priority right now. I know I have 48 things to do, which who doesn't? But this is a priority. The people first is a priority. And I'm going to take the time to do it. So you as a C-suite, CEO, what have you, you got to let me know that you are ready. And if you're not ready, then there's nothing that mm. uh, we can do for you. You're not going to you're not going to buy into it. You're going to, I have to drag you along and I have crew points every step of the way. But if you're ready, we can partner and go through that transformation. And that's the biggest part of it. You must be ready. Your mind has to arrive first. And it, it starts at the top. And because it, it's not starting at the top, the bottom is revolting. Mm. So now you, you, and you always want to transform before you have to, you don't want the headwinds to come and you must do it or else you want to use those tailwinds of transformational leadership to drive you into meeting whatever challenges there are in in the in, the, in your workforce and 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 getting through them. You don't want to be faced with headwinds. That's not a good look. So if you're ready, then let's go. That's what I say. <laughs> Absolutely, some hard and important truths right there. Yeah. I wanted to go back. Uh, you talked about you know leaders putting uh, people first. So wondering if you could talk about how. Uh, business leaders and HR professionals uh, should rethink their approaches to workplace culture and employee engagement in light of this anti-work movement that we were talking about early on? Yeah, um, the first thing you do is start with the survey. And you have a lot of HCM software that does the the, the daily uh, pulse points and you you aggregate the data and you you can move in terms of what, what they're saying. You want to hear from these people what are you thinking? What are you saying? And provide a safe space for that. There's no retaliation if you say this company sucks. So what I do is I conduct anonymous surveys, right? And you do it from outside in, where it's someone from the outside, like Dr. P that comes in and does it. You know, I have no, you know, no horse in the game or however you say it. And I'm, I can be objective and then collect that data. And then once that data will speak, I'll, I'll say the data will speak. It'll be like, you know, we, we need flexibility in, in terms of working on-prem versus working from, from home. You, 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 you address it. You know, this is what you said. Here's what we're going to do to address it. A lot of times, if you're a large organization, it takes time to make that happen. But focus on the low-hanging fruit. For example, um, one organization that I work with, they, they, they switched to having unlimited time off. You can take off as much time as you want because we trust you, Right. And, and it's not like, well, is everybody going to not show up to work one day? No, because they feel respected. I trust you enough to know that you will take off the time that you need. And if you're not here, you'll have your work covered. And, and sometimes, you know, the word uh, courageous means to do it while you're scared. Even if you're scared, you're still doing it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to respect them as people to say, 
unlimited time off, whatever time you need. You know, have these mental break, mental, mental, not mental breaks, but <laughs> these, you know, during the if you need some time off during the day, just put up your team sign. You know, I'm focusing. You know, I'm laying on the ground and I'm, you know, I'm breathing deeply or I'm taking a walk. You know, this has to be part of the culture where you're bringing the, the, the entire person in into the work space, if you will. Take a walk. Have your, your, you know, your doggy show up on the call. I've seen so many dog tails and cat tails and babies and kids on calls, but that's that's life. It's not something that you want to hide who you are. So I think that the, the uh, inclusive work design has to be top of the list where you are now creating spaces where employees are heard, listened to, respected, and then you're, you're collecting this data real time and you're making decisions in real time to support however it is that they're feeling. Just a, a follow-on question on that. We hear from a lot of organizations who are conducting employee engagement surveys, um, and where things often fall apart is when you start to get down to like the manager level and employees and the execution of those changes day to day. They we hear about manager resistance, and, yes. and do you have any guidance that you could give <laughs> to how to deal and how to deal with that? Yes, um, um, I do. I do transformational leadership, specifically authentic but also do organizational change management. And the managers are always are the, are the most resistant <laughs> in terms of change. So you've got to address that. Um, one of the ways to address it, well, let me, let me back up. They may feel like, okay, so this is happening. My worth, everything I brought to the company is going to be replaced or minimized because of this change now. So you've got to address the what's in it for me component. So you've got to provide value to that manager. This is why you're valuable and this is how you will continue to be valuable. And this is why we need you because now you are someone that your, your um, report's gonna look up to. We need you as a change champion. So you got, you got to put impetus there, incentive. You might need to promote them, give them more money. Hello, a new title, incentivize it. But you have to do it because that blocker will disassemble your entire change management plan. So address the managers what's in it for me this is what um this is what you're bringing to the table here's what we want from you here's what we're going to give you so support them in that and 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 respond to whatever you know you know worries or fears they might have you know and and make it safe for them to express it without being well you seem like you're incapable of doing this job or whatever it's got to be safe you got to feel safe to express yourself even at that level i was talking to a friend of mine about the loneliness of leadership and that's the other part of it that leaders are stressed out and, and they're in a space where not many people can relate or there are fewer people that can relate to what they're going through. So they need support as well. But if they open up with a mutual accountability, they'll find that their, their employees and their followers will support them and allow them to fail forward and fast. You know, you're not perfect as a leader. So you have, you have space to fail. So, so fail fast and keep moving forward. Absolutely. I really love that last note about the, the, how a lot of leaders might be feeling. I feel like that's a missing piece in this anti-work discussion. We're not thinking about how those folks are feeling. They're the bad guys in these stories yeah. and oftentimes with good reason. But yeah. Um, I think, yeah, creating those processes for um, a little more two-way conversations around things and providing you know, the right rewards and incentives to recognize what they're doing is it's all very important stuff. Yeah, I agree. 
Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Dr. P. It was my pleasure. These great topics and definitely needs uh, further ex- exploration. And I know the one thing I wanted to add, if we do have a moment, is of that course. the whole metaverse <laughs> and what that's going to mean. All the things we talked about before this, we need to get those in place before this metaverse becomes all the, that it can be. Because now you're dealing with two people, the, the, the physical person that's disgruntled and then they're their digital twin <laughs> that's also disgruntled so <laughs> you got double the amount of people to deal with so um i'm joking but not quite but um the metaverse does you know offer spaces where people can be more expressive as well so like my digital twin might be someone that um i may look up to because they got it all together <laughs> so you know even even that um and i see the gen z's being the one the drivers for that to having that you know the, those on you know online meetings where your avatars show up from different parts of the world and collaborate and, you know, and, um, you know, talk about things and share things and, you know, have meaningful interactions. I, I see that space as being very helpful to the HCM um, place in companies. And we need to definitely explore what that looks like because for these Gen Zs and maybe Gen Ys, what we've known so far, and I say knowledge is provisional, what we've known so far is not going to take us to the next level. So we need to engage the next generation of leaders and employees in ways that they can relate to. You know, these gamers, this is where the metaverse is coming from, these gamers, and how they can escape and do all kind of manner of things you know, with their virtual twins. Let's explore that um, in the workspace uh, with them and see if that's a way to address their, you know, quitting defiantly. And, and to the to the to the the people that are doing that, um, Give give it give that some thoughts. I would definitely want to talk it out, vet it out before just up and quitting, especially if you have responsibilities, because you know that other people are relying on you. I don't want you to suffer in a place where you're not being acknowledged, but give it some thought and then you know, get get a group think and get a collective mindset with your community about you know what's the best way to do this. Get a support system if that's what you, you tend to do. But but I do understand why people are doing it because they're they've had it. They're they're stressed on and they've had it with good reason. Absolutely agree. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And uh, once again, I'm Mercy Harper. And I'm Alyssa Tucker. Thanks for joining us for this APQC podcast. Please go to apqc.org to learn more about our research, and we hope you'll have a great rest of your day. (music) 